so grateful for all that He's done for us. He is good. I'm glad that you're here today worshiping our Lord and our Savior. And I do pray that your eyes are continually open to how great He is, how worthy, how much praise He is worthy. Yesterday was I was talking with the worship team before they practiced, and I said, you know what? I don't want you to see this as practice, but let's see this as a time of worshiping God of heaping praise on Him. And that just changes the mindset. So this morning, this isn't about fulfilling a duty. This isn't about checking a box. This is about heaping our praise on God Almighty. And I pray that that's your mindset this morning. And and with worship, we also uh, serve. Because we've received freely, we've received freely, we give. I just want you to be well aware of this time. I'm sure in the past you've heard about this, but uh, Terry Borders Ministry, the Hope and Friendship Foundation, goes out uh, through the summer and helps our seniors with their yard work. You've seen some of the signs out there, I'm telling you now. And uh, we have the admissions stay, and one is coming up on July 10th. If you know of a senior that needs help with their yard work, let me know. You can email me. My email is simple, sid at lamontcc.org. Uh, let's participate. I think it will be a joy to come together and just love on people. We had so many workers last time, uh, you know, we didn't have a chance just to sit and chat with the seniors. So maybe you just need to come on out and, and be our chatter. Are you, who's a good chatterbox? You got chatter? All right. No, no, you're a good lawnmower. You're not a okay. No, I'm kidding. Pastor Mark will be the chatterbox if nobody else shows up. And I just want to let you know, I know next week is July 4th. And I believe it's just going to be a good time to come here first. I know you're going to have family activities. You're going to have a lot of fun planned. But let's just put God first next Sunday. What, a, what an opportunity to come together and honor God on that special day as we thank God for the freedom we have as a country. We know that freedom became, came to us because of Jesus Christ. So let's honor him. I, I, we're going to have a special time next Sunday, July 4th. Make sure... You are here. As always, you can give online. You can give this morning using an envelope. There's boxes as you leave to put those envelopes in. If you'd like to connect with us, hit the connect button. Give us as much information as possible. We'll give you a Starbucks gift card in return, and we'll do our best to connect with you. Mark chapter 4 is where I want to share this morning with you. Mark chapter 4, beginning in verse 35. Word of God says, that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. And the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves.
obey Him. That's what Jeremy was talking about this morning. This awesome God. The only true and living God. We're not just honoring the head of this church. We're worshiping God Almighty. You are here today because of God. You were created by Him in His wisdom and His power. You were fashioned in His image. In the winds and the waves of day. And that's who we are worshiping today. Well, verse 35 opens up with the phrase, that day. And as you are learning, you've got to take every phrase that you read and spend some time thinking about it. And when the Word of God says, that day, we need to look at that day. You have to go to Matthew's Gospel to get a kind of more details to that day. If you read Matthew chapter 5 to verse chapter 8, you will get a picture of that day. Well, that day, Jesus was teaching. That's where the Sermon on the Mount comes. It was a, a lengthy teaching. The Sermon on the Mount is a great sermon, and it is lengthy. So Jesus spent quite a bit of time teaching that day. And after teaching, he then spent time ministering, healing, and dealing with issues and problems. Think about that. If you're a healthcare worker, you know what I'm talking about. If you're a teacher, you know what I'm talking about. When you have people, kids, adults in front of you, and you see their issues, it's a burden. It weighs heavy on you. Oh, man, I can't believe they're, they're going through this. I can't believe they're dealing with this. And so Jesus, after teaching then deals with people's issues. And I can tell you on a Sunday, after I've spent time here and then I have a wonderful lunch, I am ready to relax. So is Jesus. And so Jesus then heads to that. To do that, he's like, okay, I've been teaching all day, I've been ministering, I'm going to go to Peter's house. Peter, your house is nearby, let's go relax and let's take it easy. Blame Jesus at all. So he goes there. But upon going into Peter's house, he sees that Peter's mother in law has a fever. So Jesus, because he cared, because he loved, because he could set aside his worries, because he could set aside those burdens, because he desired to do the will of the Father, he set aside his desire to rest. And that's what I hopefully have been revealing to you and teaching you and encouraging you to live that kind of life that says, I'm ready to rest. I'm ready to sit down and enjoy uh, some relaxation with my disciples. But ah, somebody needs help. All right, scratch that. I'm going to scratch that rest. I'm going to scratch my agenda today. I'm going to serve. We had, as I said in the very beginning, we had some youth, uh, some children's workers that said, scratch that week. I might have worked on my house, but scratch it. I'm going to go serve kids. I could do this in my business, but scratch it, I'm going to go, I'm going to go serve kids. I'm so grateful for adults who are, are at this church that are going to say, you know, I'm going to scratch it. Let's just forget it. Let's go serve kids. And I pray that that's your attitude. Jesus exemplifies that for us. He was going into Peter's house to relax, and there he sees somebody in need. Scratch the neck. And so he heals Peter's mother-in-law, and that starts it all over again. The Bible says that more people started coming. Ah, oh, look at he just healed somebody of a fever. Let's go. We need. We, I need a touch from God. I need to meet this Jesus. And so he starts ministering again. That day, it didn't end. He thought it was.
We know that the scripture says that he noticed the crowds that were coming and the more crowds that came, he then said, you know what? I think it's time for me to go. It's time for me to go. And I'm so grateful for the disciples. So grateful that they were willing to follow Jesus. There were some times in the disciples' lives where they could be accused of being immature or lacking faith in just a moment. But in this moment, they were following Jesus. They were with him while he was teaching. They were with him when uh, he was ministering. And then they came home. They were going to rest. Oh, no, he healed somebody. Now I've, we've got to manage the crowd. We've got to manage the people. And he was, they were right there with Jesus. Following Jesus should not have limits. We should be willing and ready to follow Jesus. That's what I'm sharing with you this morning. And so they were following Jesus. And now the crowds, they kept coming. And so Jesus says, let's get in the boat. Let's go across to the other side. Now you, now let's think about this. Right? Because we can just read through that and not think about it. They were going to rest. They didn't rest. They started ministering again. And Jesus noticing the crowds and says, let's get in the boat. Let's go to the other side. Okay, let's think about that. Two things. Number one, these boats. How many of you know that these boats didn't have motors? Right, just making sure that you realize that these boats, when you think of a boat in your 21st century mind, you're like, oh, what's the big deal? Get in the boat, relax, sit down, on Lakeshore Drive. Look at those people. That's fun being on the boat. No, this is not a fun boat. This is a work boat. If you're going to sail to the other side of the boat, it is going to be work. So now they've been with Jesus, working, ministering, going to break, no break, keep working. All right, let's get into the boats. And the disciples had to say, Jesus, can we just go back to Peter's house and relax now? Jesus says, we're going to the other side. They had to work to get in the boat. They had to work to get it going. And they had to work to keep it going in the right direction. This was work. But I think the biggest issue they had that day was what Jesus said, and he said, let's go to the other side. The other side is a place the Israelites did not go. These fishermen would have never on their own gone to the other side. And if you keep reading the story, you will discover the reason why you wouldn't go to the other side. Because if you keep reading the story, what happens when they get to the other side? Two demon-possessed men come out to meet them. That was their greeters. What kind of church is going to put the demon-possessed as greeters? You know, it's like, whoa, I'm not going to that church. And that's who greeted them on the other side. That was the other side of the lake. The other side of the lake was a place you avoid it like the plague. I think the disciples are like, Jesus, really? The other side? But I want to encourage you today. I want to tell you today that wherever Jesus sends us, wherever he wants us to go, we go. If it's a place we've never been before, we say, Lord, we're going to go. We are called to be faithful followers. Wherever Jesus wants us to go, we need to be willing to go. Lord, wherever, whatever you want me to do, whoever you want me to serve, it's here to, and, and what, a, what an awesome opportunity to stay in Lamont, to be able to serve. And I can tell you, please pray with me. I, uh, we, we are praying, and we want to put some missions trips together. Those take time. 
I love hearing these stories that I've caught from time to time as I've been in conversations in this church of how that missions trip blessed you and that missions trip brought these friends together. I get excited and I'm like, oh, let's get going. Pray with us. Pray with Pastor Mark and I and especially Pastor Mark as he leads those and puts those together. I want to go. I want to serve. We want to be faithful to wherever God sends us. But in July 10th, you can do it here in Lamont. And as we get up and going, we, we all know that the state of Illinois is opening up. It's opening up everywhere, and everybody's dying to get out. Oh, man, we lost a whole year. We had a cancel vacation. We had a cancel a getaway. We, we couldn't do that. Now we've got plane reservations to use. We, yes, that's great. Do that, but don't forget. Don't forget the higher calling you have. Don't forget if God's calling you, maybe there will be some moments where you say, scratch that, honey. We're using those plane tickets to do a missions trip. Just be open to what God has for you. Just be open to what the Spirit of God will speak to you. Be open and be willing to be faithful followers. And so the disciples are doing a great job. They're following Jesus every step of the way until the storm. And then the storm comes. Everything was going great. And then the storm came. And this was no ordinary storm. Mark called it a furious squall. I think that's southern Illinois for this is going to be dangerous, guys. <laughs> this is a bad storm. It was so bad and the waves were so high that this is a lake, okay? Not the ocean. This is a lake. So this is some serious wind causing these, the waters of the lake to come over into the boat. I'm sure they tried every trick in the book. Okay, guys, this is what we can do. Okay, we can do this. Okay, let's do that. And nothing was working, so they were running out of options. And they see Jesus, who is finally resting. And they're like, we have no other choice. We've got to wake the master. We've tried everything. We're going to drown. Somebody wake him up. The disciples ask a question that has been asked, I believe, over a billion times. Jesus. Don't you care? Jesus, don't you see that we're drowning? Don't you care, God, where I'm at? Don't you care? How many of you have been a part of that one billion times? I know I have on many occasions. I said, Jesus, don't you care? Don't you see where we're at? Don't you see what's happening? How are you sleeping? We're going to drown. Uh, you know, I remember one, you know, one of the first times I asked that question, it wasn't a big deal, but it was one of the first times I asked that question. I asked that question when I was a, a teenager. And I said, Lord, this was that time of your life where having friends and being able to hang out with friends was really important because you were a little bit more mobile. You know, your mom wasn't too worried about you being out. Like, you could go hang out. And I didn't have any close friends to hang out with. My parents uh, had limits on my activities, and to this day, I'm grateful for limits. Parents, it's okay to have limits. I had limits, so I didn't have a lot of friends at school. Uh, close friends. I had friends, but I didn't have close friends that I could just go hang out with. And my church friends were 40 minutes away from me, so I couldn't go hang out with them. And I remember, I, I remember being in my room saying, God, don't you care that I don't have anybody to hang out with? It's Friday night. 
And here I am all by myself. God, don't you care? God finally took me to a youth group, and I remember my youth pastor preaching a sermon from Colossians chapter 2, verse 10, and it said, you are complete in Christ. And I remember thinking to myself, okay, God, I get it. All I need is you. That's all I need. You are my best friend, and I learned that Jesus was close, was a friend that was closer than a brother. I learned that I could count on Jesus, that in him I was complete, and I didn't need friends to be validated. I didn't need friends to be secure. I didn't need friends to have fun. I needed Jesus. I needed him more than anything else. And in that moment of accepting that reality, soon after that, God started bringing friends into my life. Friends to this day, I still call and we will travel and visit each other. I have some of the closest friends. But Jesus had to go to sleep. He had to go to sleep. I want you to know today that Jesus knows our problems and he has solutions. He knows our problems. And he has our solutions. And I can tell you there's other times where I've had problems and God said, no. That time when I prayed for friends, God finally brought me friends. But there have been other times where I prayed and said, God, will you do this? And God said, no. And sometimes... We have to accept that Jesus has the best solutions. And those solutions, could it's possible that those solutions, you may not like them. And I've been there where God had a solution for my problem, and I did not like it. God, I don't like this solution. But I had to trust Him. I had to put my faith in Him. Just like the disciples, as they saw Jesus sleeping, Jesus knew the storm was coming. He knew. And that's why in, in other Gospels, and in other, if you read the other Gospels, uh, it talks about how Jesus, he basically was setting himself up for a long nap. In the portion that we read from Mark, it said he was on a cushion. If you read other, the other Gospels, you'll see that he was, he was getting himself comfortable. Jesus knew the storm was coming, and yet he said, I'm going to, I'm going to sleep. I'm going to rest. I know what's going to happen, but I'm going to, I'm going to get myself all comfortable. Who does that? When you know there's a problem. Yesterday, uh, uh, it's funny, a little funny now, but um, uh, Pastor Mark, I heard him say, ah, from the office. I'm like, what happened? <laughs> Did he stub his toe again or, on something? And uh, it was, he got a warning on the, uh, his phone for a tornado, tornado warning. I'm like, Mark, the kids are around. And so, sure enough, here comes the kids, Daddy, Daddy, is there going to be a tornado? And, you know, I start thinking, like, okay, if something starts happening, where are we going to go? What are we going to do? I don't start thinking, where am I going to take the bus? <laughs> a tornado's coming. Oh, man, I think I'm, I'm ready to go to sleep. But that's what Jesus did. He, he knew a storm was coming, and he's like, I'm going to go to sleep. We have to remember that being a Christian does not mean our life as a walk in the park every day. It's not easy every day. There's going to be tough days. There's going to be days where we don't like God's solutions. We're not going to like that Jesus is sleeping. And this past Wednesday, we had a wonderful prayer time. Thank you. More of you came out. I so appreciated that. Uh, this, the next one's not going to be for three weeks, so don't forget. Second and fourth Wednesday of the month. So it's on July 14th is the next one. 
don't forget, but we had a, a great crowd on Wednesday. Our kids led us in worship. It was wonderful. And I especially enjoyed the group prayer time. And in our group, we were talking about being desperate, desperate for Jesus, that we needed Christ more than anything. And in our group, we shared about desperate times in our life. And as in our group, any one of those circumstances, we could accuse Jesus of sleeping. Any one of those circumstances, somebody could have said, forget this, I am done serving Jesus. From a child with a cleft palate, to losing a job all of a sudden, to a mother with cancer, every situation that was shared was, would break anybody's heart. And we shared those moments with each other, but in that same breath, they shared how God was faithful, how God worked it out, how they trusted in the Lord, and He brought about a solution to their problems. And that is what I'm declaring to you today, that we can trust in the Lord with all of our heart and not lean on our own understanding, even when Jesus is sleeping. The Bible says that God will work out all things for our good. And I have to declare to you that He determines what is good. He knows what's best for us. He knows what is good. Did, did I like those limits my parents gave me? Of course I didn't like those limits. I'll share one, and, and I, uh, by no means is this something that I would practice, but I couldn't go roller skating for some reason, but I couldn't do that. That was a limit. Now, I'm not suggesting roller skating is bad. But you know what? My parents decided that was what was good for me. And who knows what I would have done roller skating. <laughs> who knows where I would be today had I done roller skating. You know, the point is that we trust our parents. We trust God. God just doesn't make sense. Really? A roller skate guy? You don't know. You don't know. And I tease and I joke about it, but you don't know. And I hope there's been moments in your life where you're like, God, really? I can't do this? I can't do that? You just trust Him. You just put your life into His hands. Let Him work out all things. Let Him determine what is good in your life. Let God determine that. So here are disciples. Jesus was going to sleep. And the biggest thing that was working against the disciples was their experience. Their experience. You see, the disciples... They had experienced storms before. They had gone through it before. They'd been on the lake before with these storms, and they're like, guys, it's time to get back. We've seen what's happened. Potentially, I wouldn't doubt it, that somebody in their, somebody around them died from a boating accident. These type of storms would have taken somebody out. And so it was their experience that caused them to no longer trust in Jesus. The, the information that they had at that point in life caused them to overlook their faith in Christ. And that's why later on Jesus rebukes them and says, Do you still have no faith? Don't you know I've got to do something? Do you really think you're going to die today? Don't you know? I've been talking about the future. I've been speaking about the future. Do you really think you're going to die now? And the, but the information that they had, their experiences that they had, didn't allow them to see the hope that they had in Christ. Didn't allow them to hear the promises of God. They had an issue with that. And it's possible in your life, maybe you've trusted, somebody broke your trust. 
somebody was, uh, you know, they broke a promise with you and you said, I'll never trust anybody again. I've heard it before many times. I've heard it from ministers who have said before, I'll, I, and they, they, were, they would be speaking to me and they'd say, I'll never do that again. And I said to myself, how can you say never? How can you say, I'll never help them again? I'll never serve there again. And I can tell you, I've met people and they've said, I'll go to church, but I'll never serve again. You don't, you don't know what they did to me before. How can you say never? We cannot allow our painful past to determine how we act in the present. Don't let your past determine how you act today, as painful as it was. All the information you know. God, don't you know this person? There's no way I can help them, Lord. There's no way you know and I know that they're going to mess things up. Sometimes we have to set aside our information. Sometimes, and I can tell you most of the time, you have to set aside that painful past because that past is going to keep coming up and it's going to keep you in bondage and it's not going to let you see what Christ is doing. It's not going to let you see that Jesus is there. It's not going to let you remember that God said he would be with you and he is for you and he will help you and he will carry you. I'm very conscious of that as a minister because I've been through difficulty. I've been through storms. And I have to guard my heart and I have to guard my mind and say, okay, I know that's what happened last time, but that doesn't mean it's going to happen again. I can trust people again. I can love people again. I can serve again. I can show up again. You know, I'm, uh, you know, little things, this is totally small and insignificant, basically. You know, on, on Wednesday, I, I was down there and, you know, it was getting close to the time where we were going to serve food. And I'm like, oh, we're never going to feed these people again. <laughs> Just teasing. But people showed up. But that's what you start thinking. You're like, oh, why did we go through all this work and Sarah cooking all day? And, oh, I'm never going to do that again. We can get so caught up in our feelings and in our emotions that we can't see what God is doing. And I can tell you this, if one of you would have shown up, I would have said, God, I'll do it again. That's why we've got food today. How many of you have smelled food walking in here? That is for Horizons. My wife has made a special sweet potato casserole. Is it good, guys? <laughs> oh, amen to that. Don't want to miss Horizons. Don't let your past determine how you act today. Let God renew your faith. Let God renew your spirit. And so Jesus had to go to sleep. Now, if you look at this story, you can almost, and I say almost hesitantly, but you can almost accuse Jesus of being mean. It's like, because what did he do? He got up and he rebuked him. But let's, let's think about this again. Like, I would have done that. <laughs> like, we're drowning. We're going down. We're losing our hope. God, Jesus, wake up and he rebukes them. It's, it's kind of like me if, you know, again, I've talked about this before, like if there's a distraction and somebody has to use the restroom and I'm like, sit down. <laughs> Ten minutes, you can hold it. You can do it. But you have faith. You know, it's like Jesus, you're, they're just in trouble. Why are you getting mad at them? They just have to use the bathroom. It's like, 
Lord, why are you getting mad? And I want you to know today that Jesus was not being mean, but he was the great teacher, and he was teaching them. He was revealing the truth to them. Jesus was preparing them. He was the good teacher. He was the shepherd. And he was getting them ready for those moments where they were going to be on a, in a storm. And it wasn't going to be on a lake, but it was going to be another storm. And Jesus was getting them ready. He was preparing their hearts. And he knew the day would come when he would be taken up into heaven and he would no longer be there. And so in his mind, he had to teach them that even when I'm sleeping, you can trust me. Even when I'm not paying attention, you can put your hope in me. Even when I am not looking and helping you, I am there. He's there. Jesus is there. Jesus was not being mean. Jesus was preparing them. And Jesus was preparing Peter specifically. He was preparing Peter because what if Peter's life was going to, he was going to have a hard road ahead of him. He was going to have many hard days. He was going to face things that were worse than a storm. He would have said, I'll trade the storm for what I'm going to be facing. He was going to be facing his own family and friends who would come against him, who would want to hurt him, the people around him. And we know from church history, he was eventually crucified upside down. Peter had some difficult days. And Jesus was getting him ready for those days. And we can see that he was ready for them because, you know, in Acts chapter 12 was one of those days. If you read Acts chapter 12, Peter was apparently doing nothing at all. It didn't even, if you read the scriptures, he wasn't even teaching. What was happening, Herod realized that the Israelites were getting happy about persecution. And so Herod says, oh, wow, they're getting happy about persecution. I'm going to go take Peter and put him in prison. And so here was Peter minding his business, doing nothing. And Herod puts him in prison. And Peter is in prison. Probably something that was worse than a storm. And God responds to Peter and he sends an angel. And what is Peter doing in prison? Come on, Bible scholars. Sleeping. He's sleeping. <laughs> He's sleeping. And here comes the angel. And the angel shows up. What happens when angels show up in the Bible? People are like, ah, woo. You know, they're in awe. They're like, they're singing or they're falling down. What's Peter do? What is Peter doing when the angel shows up? And the Bible says in Acts chapter 12 that the, the angel had a strike him like, wake up. Don't you care that I'm here? Peter had finally learned to embrace his past. He had finally learned to trust in Jesus. Not so much finally, but he had, he, had, he had gone to a place where trusting God had no issues and no problems. Peter was at a place in his faith where whatever happened to him, he said, that's what. That's up to God. If I'm put into prison, that must be what God wants me to be in. So I'm going to take opportunity to go to sleep. Peter learned that whatever he was going through, God allowed it to happen. So he no longer was that person in the boat saying, Lord, wake up. Now Peter was sleeping. He would have got his cushion. Oh, this is a prison. I'm going to get my cushion. I remember Jesus. I think this is how Jesus did it that night. Faith we can have. 
That's the hope that we can have in Jesus Christ. And I pray today that you, I want to declare to you, you can trust the sovereignty of God. You can trust the sovereignty of God. That just simply means that no matter what you're going through, He is still God. No matter what you think, He is still God. No matter what you're feeling, He is still God. Nothing changes that. No one changes that. There is nothing on the news that can, uh, uh, you know, terminate that. Nothing. Nothing at all. He is God all the time, so He is worthy to be praised all the time. He is worthy to be heard all the time. He is worthy to be served all the time. You can trust the sovereignty of God. And then finally, we learned that lesson. No matter what I'm going to go through, I'm going to trust God. I'm just going to go to sleep. And let me just finish this morning, you know, dealing with just one of the... Another question. I hope this question is asked in your life. I talked about that question of Jesus, don't you think? And I know you've all have asked it. I have asked it. But have you asked this other question? Because before Jesus rebuked the disciples, what did he do? He calmed the storm. And it was in that moment. When he spoke to the waves, just crashes. Picture that with me. You know, water in the face, it's crashing. You know, I've never been on a cruise before, and there's, there's a couple of reasons why. One of them is like the waters. It's like, what if I've seen the videos of the cruise ships, like, you know, the people sliding and some serious things. You know, picture that with me. Quiet! says everything became calm. And rightly so, they asked this question, who is this? Who is this? That even the winds and the waves obey him. Have you ever asked that question? Have you ever been in that place? That's what Jeremy was talking about. As he was reminded this week, as he saw these little kids worshiping God, and I believe that was that moment, Jeremy's like, who is this? that we're worshiping, that we're praising, that we're here honoring. Who is this? And can I tell you something? That you have seen greater things than a lake calm down. Because a lake has no freedom. Do you know that? A, a lake, water has no soul. Water has no ability to do what it wants. It has to do what God has set in motion to do. That's what water, whatever God has set in motion, that's what water does. It doesn't do what it wants to do. But you and I, you and I have that power. We have that freedom. We can choose what we want to do. And so you and I, we have seen greater miracles than a storm being calm. You and I today, uh, we have seen lives change. We have seen people who were destroying their life, and they were destroying other lives. And God came, and not only did He calm that storm, but He renewed life, and He cleansed the past, and He created them a new creation, and He made them new again. We've seen greater miracles. How can we not say, who is this? I have to just remind you again, it's just a story that I, I won't forget for many years to come, and, and I just... Just, just think about this, and I can tell you, and I know this as a fact, this church during COVID experienced miracles. 
This church became stronger. This church became better because you grew together. And then you were without a pastor. And you still came together. You had, a, you had a leadership council and you had elders that said, let's pray, let's seek God. And you grew together. And here I was over here turning down jobs and Tara slapping me. He's like, what are you doing? Well, she didn't slap me. But she did ask, what, what are you doing a few times? <laughs> uh, and other times she says, yes, thank you for not taking that one. And here I was. I don't know, I don't know, Tara. I just don't have peace about that one. I don't have peace about that one. You guys are over here praying. Who is this that can take me and you? It's not my wisdom. Please, don't even think for a moment I am taking credit. All I'm doing is pointing up and saying, do you realize who you are serving? Do you realize who we are, who's leading us and who's guiding us, who is guiding your life? Who is this? Would the band come up this morning? Who is this that even the winds and the waves obey him? So today I have to ask you this question. If the winds and the waves are obeying him, are you? Do you know who he is? Are you like the disciples this morning? Are you able to ask that question in the sense of being awestruck? God, who are you? You are great that you brought me here, that you changed me. Who are you, Lord, that you sustain me through my problems? Who are you, Lord, that you forgive me of my sins? We celebrate a communion that Jesus Christ died on a cross. That Jesus Christ died for our sins. What did Pastor Mark say? He died worse than a murderer. He died worse than a murderer. Who is the Lord that he would die for our sins? Who is he? He is love this morning. He is peace. He is joy. He is here this morning. Would you stand this morning? We're going to worship the Lord. Father, I pray you will move by your spirit again. Lord, you are here. You are here, God. We need, a, we need a, our eyes open. We need our heart open. We need a revelation of who you are. Like, like that night for those disciples who said, Who is this? And even the winds and the waves obey him. Oh, God, open our hearts. May we leave our problems in your hands. And may we worship you in spirit and in truth. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit.